0: you're entering the giant rock podcast for the next two hours kick back and enter a world that few know about and even fewer understand
1: welcome back to giant rock podcast this is our second show and we're going to have a have Chad Meek, C Meek. Sorry, Chad. I had to make sure to make the C in there because other people get confused. I understand, and I'm sorry about not making sure that was all through the website. And then we have our guest, uh, Kevin Smith the second and uh, Chad's going to tell us all about him. Hold on. All
2: right. Hey, hello, every- hello everyone out there. Uh, hello, Jeff. Hope, yeah. hello. uh hello, Kevin. I'm absolutely pleased to have Kevin Smith second on. Um, for all whole multitude of reasons. We've kind of gone back and forth for, oh, I don't know, I think about five or six years uh, since I wrote the Giant Rock screenplay and kind of came out with my own you know, story. And uh, Kevin and I, we kind of have been, uh, he was, you know, a lot of, a lot of people have come to, to help me with the movie, including uh, both uh, Jeff and Kevin. And uh, it's been my pleasure, of course, to work with both of them. And uh, of course, Kevin, uh, He's he's really a gifted artist and, and musician and he does so many things. He's such a renaissance man. I'm trying to figure I mean my dream is to have all these people that I come in contact somehow get them budgeted into you know giant rock a movie. And that's been my dream for a long time. And it should have happened, it came close a couple times, but that's another story. Uh, Kevin is in the most intriguing fantastic story and, and we've always kind of always said that uh, Giant Rock uh, the greatest UFO story ever told and by extension and this is you know later after I was out there and, and of course Jeff was out there too uh, him and his friends who uh, uh, were living in the, on the coast uh, Uh, in Southern California. They're working in the uh, entertainment industry in various capacities, and they used to spend a lot of time out at Giant Rock. Interesting. And they had the most incredible experience that, um, I mean, I don't understand. I mean, that could actually be a movie in its own self. Um, You know, so um, without screwing up the storyline or anything like that, uh, Kevin, I'm going to let you kind of... uh, you know kind of give us the outline of it and take your time because it is so riveting um you know it's just it's a riveting story and pete our listeners need our giant rock listeners need to listen to this so so go ahead kevin kind of give us a, 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 a whole overview okay
3: yeah thank you so much thank you both uh for having me on and uh this is uh one of my favorite subjects to dive into and that's you know, kind of similar to Jeff is kind of how I came across Chad. Is just uh, from first kind of falling in love with Giant Rock and the IntegraTron, and just you know going out there, and then doing internet research, and then lo and behold, I come across a, a website or or uh, some type of article that Chad had was you know developing a story. Little did I even know his connection to Giant Rock. I immediately contacted him and said, hey if you have anything that you're trying to do with the rock, I want to be involved. And then we kind of started our relationship from there of, uh, you know, then, then found out more about his history. And then we just kind of started connecting over and over again. Um, but, um, but yeah, like, uh, like Chad had said, I, I lived in Los Angeles for about 10 years. Um, I was in the uh, special effects industry, um, working at Greg Canham creations. And I did a little bit of time at Stan Winston and some other stuff, just kind of uh, mixing it around. And uh, this is like, nineteen ninety nine to about two thousand and nine basically was the time that I lived in Los Angeles and like I said, just did various productions and um you know and and every like once a month or something we would get in the car and as a group we would go travel out the so, great thing about california being able to go out and go snowboarding go out to the beach go out to the desert go out into prehistoric forests you know you kind of can go drive a couple hours and be in almost any climate you want it was one of the, the you know one of our favorite things to do out of los angeles just to get out of the city and go out and uh you know i never forget one of our friends uh, had told us hey this you know basically described giant rock as a intergalactic highway that you could kind of go out and sit in the stars and see little zips and zaps and you know and uh we uh did that for many years and just kind of went out and camped out right next to the rock and we'd always go to the integratron and um yeah and uh one of the things that uh that i really fell in love with uh that that uh, hasn't gotten mentioned yet is just a Climbing around that rock formation that's right next to giant rock. It's like this. If you look at it on a a map overhead, it's like a giant horseshoe of just smaller boulders. You know, but it always, to me, felt like some type of a ancient forest- fortress or castle or something like that i spent <laughs> days <laughs> yes. i spent days trying to climb in and find the entrance to that thing i just i mean there i've got video of like where there's this thing where you can see there's like steps that wind up around some of the big boulders and like little it's almost spirals that go down within once you get up to the top and walk her up around on the crest of that thing and, uh, we're, you know, kind of over where, because you got giant rock, and then right at the top of that horseshoe, you got that big quartz mound, like that big, huge, just quartz chunk that's just jetting out of the sand right there. So, you know, between, you know, uh, that huge quartz mound and giant rock and that huge fortress right next to it i you know i i I could just spend you know weeks and months i couldn't imagine actually living there and having the time to explore some of those uh formations and things like that but um but yeah so uh i mean yeah i can just kind of jump into jump into the story is that that, that yeah
2: yeah, absolutely and and jeff and i you know of course we're both completely enamored with uh with it, and as a little kid, I used to spend all kinds of time up there, exactly, so I just, I just had to laugh when you're explaining the, all those rocks, because that was where uh, my cousins and I used to play for hours and hours, and just, you know, it was almost like this sacred little uh, boulder forest, you know, and, yeah. and as you were describing it, I literally go back, I got literally go, went back in time when you're describing it, but yeah um yeah no you just go ahead you know, you, you
1: know uh, that,
3: you're, you're doing great it's I mean, I ancient yeah, so there's,
1: there's ancient, ancient steps ancient covers. steps right that's what what you have yeah right by
3: that quartz mound yeah right by that quartz mound there's a distinct like i said i got videos and you stuff Where that's where we'd enter it every time and go up to the quartz mound and then go right up into it and then you can kind of look down on the on the giant rock and see it see the whole entire Valley, but uh, but yeah, for sure, you can tell that there used to be people up there. There's almost like lookout points and little pools, almost where you could just kind of just imagine people up there, like looking out and being able to see for miles and miles. But, um, it
1: had to be a lookout yeah, so point, was, right? Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. yeah as, as an artist, you know, uh, there's an abstraction feeling, and, you know, with all the mineralization that's going on out there, you literally have this. I always get, and and I don't have to do any drugs. I have this, like, giddy feeling when I get out there. There's something that's going on there within my whole body that I just kind of, like, get this feeling. And I almost feel kind of, I feel like giggling most of the time when I'm out there. It's just a weird, weird thing, yeah.
3: Yeah, for sure, definitely. Yeah, so, I mean, so, yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, I really feel like uh, my story kind of uh, fits into, even even a lot of your experiences and the things that you guys were talking about and other things and then it's you know almost like a you know uh it's kind of almost like a little bit of filler for what you guys were talking about as well because my story is you know has a lot of foundational stuff it wasn't as um intimate as, as some of your guys experience and there's you know two different parts to the story but You know, um, but basically it was uh, myself and five of my other really good friends that we kind of go on these trips, you know, uh, you know, month to month with. So we were a, a really tight knit crew that actually came out to Giant Rock many times all together before and this one time um yeah we would always kind of camp out right by the rocks and yeah you never know what you're going to find when you do go out to camp out there be out there whether you're going to be out there by yourself or you're going to be out there by with people blowing up propane tanks or firing off guns or you know you never know what you're going to go get you know get so but this particular time we went out there it was just completely nice and quiet no one else around and we kind of got to really enjoy the night and it was a a new moons so it was like pitch black no no light out that oh. night except for the stars it was just a you know a pitch black night and we just had a little campfire right next to the you know basically right in front of uh where, where that like little kind of pad is on the on the open side of where the split is there's like a the concrete pad that was kind of where we would always post up right there and um that was where the key.
2: restaurant's at yeah what's yeah, left of it
3: right yeah that's yeah. yeah, so we would kind of like always hang out right there, just kind of camp out. And and then at some point, um, you know, during the night, you know, it kind of then splits off into two different groups. Like we're uh, myself and uh, two of my friends. We just kind of sit and we're just sitting by the fire and just kind of hanging out right there. And then um, the other three of my friends, they decided to just kind of go wandering, wandering out. And they kind of went just kind of going wandering around the rock and they were just looking at the rock and they were kind of like, just like, I don't know. They were just, they actually had like a, a a black light, uh, a a flashlight, black light flashlight. And they were just kind of hitting the rock with different, you know, in different areas. So this part, this part of the story where it's going to be from what I have, you know, uh, what, what these three individuals then, you know, uh, transpired i wasn't there for this part you know but this is this part with these three friends That what they explained happened you know um so they're on they're on this other side of the rock not the split side but the back side and they're just kind of i guess that would have been where the entrance is kind of like but when you would go under oh, yeah, the rock too. right? yeah
4: yeah, okay. yeah
3: so so they were just kind of looking and they were like thinking that they were seeing different types of almost like Hieroglyphics, so they were just kind of like making out like scratchings and different things and they were looking at the rock and then um one and then and they were kind of looking around and um then all of a sudden two things happened at the same time one they all of a sudden realized that the third like i said there was three of them that one of the one of the women this girl shannon that was in the group she all of a sudden was not in that group anymore So it was just my friend Sage and my friend Jordan. They were both standing there, and they were basically both looking back to Shannon, like, "Hey, so what do you think of this marking on the rock?" And poof, she was gone. And they didn't. All of a sudden, they were like, uh, "Didn't know where she was." Was there a light or anything? Nothing.
1: Was what? What? what, How did it happen? No, nothing.
3: No, no, no type of light. Nothing. They didn't. They didn't see. Except it was a dark night out, so it was like pitch black, pretty much all around. It was very like you couldn't even really see the other like cuz back behind the big rock there's like some smaller boulders you couldn't even really see them it was it was a pitch black night and then all of a sudden what happened is that they said they saw my buddy Jordan he said that there was three red lights then on the ground like in a triangle in a triangle formation like three red like almost like little laser lights you know it, it didn't look like they were coming from any place they were just three little glowing not necessarily balls, like lights on the, on the ground on the desert floor kind of. And he said they looked like they were scanning. So immediately it was just kind of moving around very kind of slow, this triangle pattern of these three lights on the actual desert floor. So they kind of started freaking out not only because they didn't all of a sudden didn't know where their friend Shannon was, but, but just because the, these lights they couldn't see anywhere where they were coming from, There was nothing up in the sky to see that there was anything coming down. There were just lights on the ground that were moving. So they basically just took off in a direction that would have been away from the rock, kind of out towards the middle of the the kind of the desert or the dry lake bed. You know, not the opposite direction from where we were sitting on the other side of the rock. They just took off out into the darkness, and uh, because they were just kind of scared, and then eventually they found this woman Shannon, she was just kind of curled up on the desert floor in like a little ball. They basically kind of stumbled on her. And so
1: how long was the time between up, those two periods between the, where she vanished and they found her?
3: Probably like 10 minutes
1: from right. what they explained. It was like 10
3: minutes. They, they were kind of calling out to her and and I didn't hear anything from where, where I was when we were on the other side of the rock. We were just, we were just Playing guitar, hanging out, smiling, like looking up in the sky. We weren't, we, you know, had no idea that this was going on on the other side of the rock and a little bit further off. But it was about 10 minutes from when they noticed that she was gone and they saw these weird lights and they ran away from them and then stumbled upon where she was kind of curled up in a ball. And she wasn't talking, she wasn't saying anything. And then they kind of like started started talking to her and started like, Hey, Shannon, get up, what's going on. And then immediately she just kind of started like almost like babbling and like just talking kind of just incoherently and kind of crazy, just starting to spout out a bunch of stuff that she just kept repeating. Um, and uh, and then at this point, something strange happened that connected both of both little groups was that all of a sudden it basically turned like daytime for us, like a, a flash second. Like we were at the fire and then all of a sudden it like lit up like it was day. And then this was, I mean, in the middle of the night, it all of a sudden lit up like it was day. And we all looked at each other at the fire, like, wow, what was that? Did you just, was it just daytime all of a sudden? And we were just kind of just talking about that. And then at the same time, then like a few seconds later, they, the three of them came running over to the fire and they were saying first before anything, did you just see that it was, you know daytime, that everything like lit up really bright, and so that was the first thing we were like, yeah, we saw that too, it was, you know, bright as day all of a sudden for just a flash of a second and when they sat down next to us at the fire, then I started hearing what this, what Shannon was just repeating over and over and over again, and then the other two were kind of like catching us up as, at the same time because she was on repeat. So the other two were were kind of filling the other three of us in on what she was saying. And she was saying that she basically got, she, can, she says it as psychically abducted. She doesn't feel like she physically went anywhere. So it almost sounds like, you know, kind of she started like channeling something, you know, like uh, like she got like locked into some type of, channel feed almost like what you know george and others and everybody you know talk about of that you know just kind of all of a sudden be having these voices in your head and just downloaded a huge amount of information into her head because she was repeating over and over again like the way ships move like she was talking about um and then this this is a very petite woman she was uh um I mean, she didn't really ever have any type of. I'd never heard her talk about any kind of UFO alien, let alone like math and physics, because she was pulling out math equations and she was pulling out how these ships move in groupings of three and how and the angles and the different ways of how they have to calculate and measure time and how they have to. <clears throat> yeah, she was just talking about all these different like mathematical equations explaining how these this ship moves around. And she did, she did talk about a humanoid type of group that was talking to her. She said there was nine of them and they were all talking to her and telling her, you know, all this information and then giving her even insight because when they were actually lost, trying to get back to where we were, like in the midst of, like I said, when everything kind of turned night and day, like before that, my buddy Jordan was trying to be kind of the male macho guy because they were kind of lost out in the darkness and didn't know
2: where they were going.
3: He he had his, you know, he was like, we need to go this way. This is the way back to the fire to where everybody's at. And this mm-hmm. woman, Shannon, was like, no, that's not the right way. She's like, I can see these colored, the, the grid lines are colored right now, like the, the ley lines, the, the cross section. She was seeing colors on mm-hmm. the,
1: she was seeing the matrix, the it sounds like, in a way. So, you know, yeah.
3: Yeah. And she was, she could see the colors and she said, We need to follow this line. This will take us right back. And my buddy Jordan kind of laughed and was like, I don't, You don't know what you're talking about. But that ended up being the way to get right back to us. And the way that he was wanted to lead him was like out into further into nowhere. And so that was one of the other things she kept repeating when she was there. She started talking about how. She was pointing to him and saying, "Like, see, look, you can see all of the, the different lines, and they were all colored according to temperature." Is what she was explaining. She was saying that each different square or grid is a different color and it's a different temperature. And then she started explaining that each different color and grid was almost like she said, like a mafia-run block, and each a different group has access to different blocks, like a city block, and different, you know,
1: races or groups. gangs of races that are segregated by by a visible grid that's thermal.
3: Yeah, some kind of thermal grid that they have access to. Yeah, one way or another. And that's like, uh, and so she's, yeah, so we're, uh, yeah, so we're kind of going through it and just listening to this girl and trying to calm her down. And she's, she still is, I mean, she's not really, scared or panicking. She's just talking fast and she's just, and she keeps repeating herself. Then she'll start back at like, we'll see they travel in threes and it's this number and that number. And then, and then, and then she'd go back to, yeah. And you can see the color lines and then she was just kind of repeating herself. And then, um, I guess, you know, we're at this point, we're all sitting around the fire and then behind me about maybe, I don't know, 20, 30 yards away, like directly behind me, I get like a huge, probably like about the same size as giant rock, but a big, I mean, I guess it would be like a a glowing ship or some type of something landed right, it just appeared. It didn't like land or come out of the sky or like come down. It just all of a sudden was there because because it was behind me and all of a sudden everybody that could see it in front of, like that I was sitting in front of, stood up and was like, what the F is that? Oh my, you know, and it was this, you know, and I turned around and looked behind me and it was this giant, like glowing orb. It was like red and orange and kind of like, uh, fluctuating a little bit. And it was kind of like pulsing. How big and was I, you it? I looked at it. How big was it? Was, it was, it was about as big, Yeah, it was about as big as giant rock. I mean, it was about oh, eight stories. Big. It was a big, as big as, yeah, it was huge. It was a big, you know, uh, um, yeah, at least, uh, you know, like a small building it looked like, you know, but it was a big, you know, cylindrical circle type of, you know, almost like a yeah, big beach ball or something, but it was huge. Right. And, and, uh, so immediately, immediately the woman, Shannon, who was, um, just kind of babbling. then she went into complete fear and absolute terror about this glowing thing like she just started like screaming like um telling it to go away screaming that um to don't look at it screaming for you know to to get away from it and one of my good friends uh his name is ash and, uh, he's, he was my main, my main really good buddy that me and him were just like road dogs. And every weekend just going to the beach or go, like we were just going everywhere, camping, uh, like we're, we're best buddies. And in this little group, he was like drawn to this thing. He like stood up and he just slowly started walking over to this thing. And this girl started screaming even louder and louder, uh, and you know, yelling at our friend Ash to like don't look at it and get away from it and don't walk towards it, so was it close point, to the, the ground vault,
1: was it close to the ground? How high huh? was it up in the sky
3: it it looked like it was like on the ground like it like resting on the ground. Right. I couldn't tell if it was like i mean it, it yeah, I don't think it was like sitting on the ground, but it it looked basically like it was on the ground was hovering. You know.
2: Distance from the but rock, the, Kevin, how, how far was it from the rock? Uh, I'd okay. say about,
3: yeah, like 20, like maybe about 30 yards or so, probably at the most. 30, 30 yards. yards? Wow, that's close. Yeah. From the lake yeah, it bed was or it was it like was
1: near the lake bed? or? Yeah, no,
3: yeah, at, yeah, up at the lake bed. It was like right out in the lake bed, you know, just kind of floating there. And it stayed there for, you know, like I said, I kept... I kept, you know, looking at it and kind of turning around because I was getting screamed at like, I mean, this, this woman and then uh, her partner and then even Jordan, they were all, all together that those three were screaming at the other three of us to not look at it, not acknowledge it, you know, and it was all because of really of Shannon that was giving the information. And I was just kind of like, I honestly felt completely safe where we were sitting. I didn't feel any negativity towards it, but, you know, but it was, it was making this woman, you know, uh, absolutely, you know, her, it was, she was screaming. So eventually they, you know, they, they physically restrained my friend Ash from going out from approaching it. I mean, he, he really wanted to go to this thing and they pulled him down to the ground and tackled him and, and, and made it so that he, he couldn't walk over to it, you know, and, 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 uh, you know, and then, he actually then went you know he kind of went into his tent and cursed us all and i mean yeah and it's a big you know thing that you know we actually lost our friendship because of because of that he stopped you know talking to us and um you know it was a weird thing because it was like you know he, he was putting it on us and you know part of it i don't blame him but part of it is like I, you know it's hard to say what you do in that situation but he felt like we prevented him from having a, you know, experience that he was destined to have, you know, so it was, and then it actually happened again later that night, like maybe about, well, so, so he went back in his tent, and we were just all focusing on the fire, because they were screaming at us to just look at the fire, look at the fire, pretend it's not there, pretend it's not there, and then... Meanwhile, was still sitting on
4: there. It was... was,
3: I, it's hard to say because we were all looking at the fire. And then I did turn over and peek and it was gone. Like after maybe the whole ordeal, that whole ordeal, like sitting by, like when they came back and then all of a sudden it was my friend, Ash, who really stood up and was like, what's that? You know, and, and pointed to it. And then we all turned around, and saw it too. When he went into his tent it was about like maybe 15 minutes, like from when he got tackled down and prevented from walking over to this thing. Like that was about fifteen minutes, like uh, you know, right there. And like I said, we were just all then concentrating on the fire and looking at the fire. So this
2: wasn't a flash and pan. This was this was a long, enduring uh, experience. With not with not only the third, but actually fourth and fifth time. I mean, this is
1: consecutive over and over. Yeah. You know, right? It was consecutive over What's several that? days. Correct. Well, no,
3: this was just, this was, no, it it happened again later on, later on that night where, um, and it again was my buddy Ash, where he came out of his tent and, uh, like maybe two hours later and he goes, here comes another one. And this one was like, looked like it was miles away and it was that same orb, like one, one color and it was just zooming at us, like coming at us, you could see it coming at us faster and faster, but from far far out like almost like look like i would imagine i would say like where the integratron is in comparison to sitting at the rock like kind of out <sighs> in that direction from so know, it's like, almost like
2: two, two, I, three miles is what you're talking about yeah i think yeah I know which come one you're i seen something
1: at. like that similar right by the integratron in january right on the first full moon of this year mm. and i was mentioning yeah. it in the last show but yeah that sounds familiar yeah, definitely. but um yeah and
3: that's and that's like. Yeah, so then it came – so then it was the same type of thing where the, everything – and it's, everything finally de-escalated. And we, everything was calm. And then my buddy comes out again and points and points it all out, and we all look and kind of go in. That one never got anywhere near as close. You know, Same kind of a thing where we all looked at the fire and it disappeared. It didn't come any closer than maybe like half a mile. It was getting bigger and coming at us. But, again, I kind of went with the the, the – everybody like just – don't look at it and see what it's doing. Let's all look at the fire that kid Ash cut, like tackled again, basically. And, you know, and told to go back to his tent and, you know, uh, I would not uh,
2: talk to you guys either. What's
3: that? Yeah. That, you
2: guys tackled yeah. me twice. I don't think I'd be talking to you either. <laughs> yeah.
3: yeah. It was so, yeah. It was if so, it was on the so ground, I mean,
2: yeah. yeah, I'm sure it was again, some, good, but yeah. Um, yeah, um, but, yeah.
3: But, and but you're I, right. But a couple of yeah. things, like, you know, it made me think of like, uh, you know, uh, in some of these instances, like, and even you know, with what happened with you guys being a little bit more intrusive, you know, it's like, I feel like, and I, I kind of felt like this, like when this was happening, when this thing was just sitting there, I've always kind of had a general rule of thumb, like, I think I would only go into something if I was being invited. If someone came off and asked me to go in there, I feel like anything else is just like, if you're just going to get abducted or walking like if you're not going to get invited into it i don't think it's a good situation if you just like end up somewhere where you don't know where you are you know it's,
1: it's like, uninvited it, it
3: seems like
1: <laughs> it's uninvited it's uninvited you know you didn't inv- invite yeah, that's it over what i felt
3: like i was like so,
1: with this i was like you know what like i don't know what it is i'm not afraid
3: but if there's no one coming out to invite me to go into that thing like i'm not going to get near it because i don't know what it is and this one person with all of this supposed like knowledge all of a sudden is screaming for us not to go near it. So, you know, and that's the other thing too that's interesting that you know like I'm, Jeff, you were asking you know Chad too. You know the other, other the first one is like yeah, was this were these good or bad? And it's like you know I think it's. There's probably like with this mafia thing. There's probably a bunch of groups out there, and it's just free reign of where you're at of at that time of being in the right or the wrong place at the time. Who, especially even like George, where he had so many different groups coming through and and you know trying to jump into his head. It seemed like multiple times to try to get their messages or their transmissions through in different ways. But uh, I think in that night we kind of experienced both a little bit to where this woman was at least able to get some good information by someone that kind of like kept us out of danger, possibly that night, like a group that helped us get the information we needed to just get through the night because we were going to be, you know, tempted by a possible, you know, uh, uh, you know, not a good group that was looking to take advantage, but you know, it's, it's,
1: it's, it's hard to say. Anyways. Yeah, at, we, yeah. we, hey, we got to cut it here, guys i um, got to take a break.
0: Sarganda says, keep your ear to the speaker. We're working through a time zone. A time machine. F frequency equals one over t time, being frequency over time.
1: Okay, we're back. So we're back with Kevin Smith a second, and we're going to continue with his story on the Giant Rock Podcast. Okay, Kevin, go ahead. Finish what you're saying before we had to hit the break.
2: Well, I, I, yeah. Go, go back. Go back, Kevin. Go back to Shannon how she felt that, like she was being uh oh, i don't know i guess uh, i don't know if the term would be uh you know pulled back or transported uh through various uh you know things as it, go back and mention that
3: yeah, yeah that one of the yeah one of the one of the things that um that was really strange to her when, you know, cause, cause I mean, yeah, after we really started processing this like weeks and weeks later and talking about these things, she was really going through about how, how did she end up back curled up in this little ball and she remembers her, she then you know started to remember herself with the three of them standing there, just kind of looking at the rock with the black light. And then all of a sudden she felt this force kind of pulling her backwards, almost like she was floating. Cause she wasn't walking or backpedaling. She just felt a, Uh, backwards and then you know she's kind of you know surmising basically that she would have had you know and the feeling of going through rocks and other boulders and joshua trees and you know and to get to where she was because it was kind of a it's kind of a maze of smaller boulders back there and then you're kind of going around and there's other little things happening so you know, uh, uh, so she, she had that feeling of going through things, you know, that reminded me of, you know, with Chad, with what you were saying about, you know, g- going through solid door, you know, uh, glass windows and things like that, 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 you know, material world that, you know, almost goes into matrix mode where you can move through material. And there's just so much that we don't understand that these other, groups have full control of our, you know, almost like they can make our, our waking life lucid and they can turn it into our dreams all of a sudden. and You know, our, our normal rules no longer apply in any type of way.
2: You know, I, I used to do some, you know, uh, you know, hypnotherapy and I, I, I would take you know, some of these people, abductees and what have you, i take them back, which was really interesting to help her. In fact, I, I talked to Shannon for probably about six hours on the phone. I mean, I talked yeah. to her and it absolutely, I mean, I was like, I could, we could get off the phone, you know, as far as that. Yeah. I did talk to her. I wanted to, I wanted to get her on film, but she wouldn't do it. And then I offered to basically do some you know, hypnosis to bring her back. She was not interested. Yeah. <laughs> she was not interested right. in that at all. Bad <laughs> you know, experience. So, and then I had her scheduled to come in. I don't know if you remember. I had her scheduled to, yeah. to yeah for that. And then she just uh, then she stopped taking my phone calls because um, I think it was just too painful. And that and that's getting into the other side of this whole thing too. Um, you know, as far as I mean, you guys were adults, okay? I mean, you know, you were young adults. And experience and experience that stuff, and you know, and it was in real time. So that's a different category, you know, as far as uh, you know abductee, and it's highly credible. Um, you know, whereas even though they generally happen to younger people like you know the thing that happened to Jeff and myself, they they seem to want to monitor and inspect, you know uh, small children for some reason. Um, and that's according to what all the experts say. I mean, it's not that's, and then the children who basically are are lost because they're trying to explain the unexplainable, and that's why you know people say, well, people forever. If I do a radio show uh, or something like that, I'm going to talk about this. The first thing they ask, well, why don't you go to your uncle George? A number one, I thought he was causing it. I literally thought he was causing the stuff. He was the last guy I wanted to tell. Right, right, right. And he knew it anyways. I mean, I mean, he was, you know, he was talking about telekinetic and, and, and psychic and all that stuff. I mean, he I mean, he was like this, you know, onion. I mean, really, he can literally feel and, and, and know your thoughts. And that's freaky, too. I thought he was one of them. Actually, growing up, I thought, I thought my Uncle George was actually one of the extraterrestrials. I, I thought he was one of them, because he was so odd and, and just had these weird powers. You know. So anyways, that,
1: that, you know. Uh, I yeah. want to put something in here. You know, when I was missing for those three days, you know, and I didn't, I wasn't, I didn't have a mark on me, and I, you know, I, I would have been dehydrated, hungry. I don't remember any of that. You know, you know that happening. So think about that. You were lucky. Yeah. Really.
2: Yeah. I stuttered. Yeah, I, I stuttered profusely from after that. I mean, I, I couldn't keep a complete sentence for about. I was a little, you know, a little kid brother could talk anyways, but I couldn't. I couldn't keep a, a straight sentence. I would literally go to about six or seven. Like if I were to talk about you know anything, it would be you know, like if I would say G, it'd be G G G, 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 G You know, and that's what happened. People were always had what happened to me as far as that, and that's one of the clear evidence of that. Another thing too is right after I had this, uh, I went to the doctor because I had I, I was burning up with fever. And um, I talked to a couple other people, and they said they probably implanted some sort of mechanism, I and mean, you probably got some sort of low, you know, infection. But I, I, was, I had a high temperature after mine, the first one. It was extraordinary high. I was, I almost died. As far as you know, after that, and that didn't occur until, oh, roughly the next night, right? and I started burning up. At any rate, um, but that's kind of my thing. So, in in many respects, it was traumatic, and then of course. Uh, not being able to explain it to anybody, and then uh, you know uh, it was just kind of odd. But you guys, I mean, I, I, I tell you, I, I, the thing I love about your story, and I love about talking to Shannon, and, and talking to Shannon was really odd because she was she was coming up. She actually still knew some of the uh, some of the uh, lingo. I mean, she hadn't lost. I mean, she she actually knew certain yeah. things about, and, and I was I I sat back and I was like. Wow, you know that was weird because she still she did still remembered it, you know very very vividly and actually was talking about some of the stuff that she had that she was learning. But she was I could tell also she was losing some of the information because of the time and because of some yeah. other stuff too. But anyways, I don't know yeah, that
3: was the, that was a thing that was a shame because yeah, she it did it affected her. Uh, yeah, I mean it affected our, our our little group. You know, there really unfortunately wasn't much time. Afterward, to really discuss it as a like we went there as a powerful group of uh, of friends that uh, were open for all these different experiences. Not necessarily that we weren't, I guess, ready for that. But you know, it really <laughs> it fractured would. our group yeah. up. You know, or to where I lost fr- my 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 best friend. You know, and and it's nice because we are friends now again. And he lives out in London. I just talked to him a, a week ago, and me and Ash are great buddies again. But there was at least three years, you know, where he just wouldn't talk to us and wouldn't you know communicate and really felt you know and i like i said i mean I, I i do take the the blame of going in on that as you know and being a part of that but it's still t- i felt you know just for the safety of our group i i, I really didn't you know didn't really know what's well, I mean, the
2: situation yeah no you shouldn't feel bad at all it's the reality of things, and who knows uh, you know the thing i talk about kevin too and, and jeff um, that I talk about, you know, there there are there are good aliens and there are bad aliens, and I mean, I've never come in, I've never really came in contact with any. My contact was with the Grays. Um, I believe I had a, a telepathic relationship with the Nordics, and and uh, but I, I don't. That came later, and thank God I never had any kind of contact with any reptilian or Draco or or any of these other things, you know, because I, I mean, literally. Yeah. I don't know how true this is, but from my research, you know some of these some of these reptilian drago they have an appetite for human flesh, which seems so bizarre. Because I hear you know all the and of course even during the my uncles they always talk about the you know the brotherly love of of all extraterrestrials. But since then, I've kind of learned some really extraordinary things about you know the whole contrast of various extraterrestrials. Luckily, the majority of them are very, very benevolent. That's that's right. that's positive, and, and and some are actually neutral. Some, you know, as far as that. But yeah,
3: one of the it, one of the craziest things too that was almost just as wild as that experience uh, for us was was actually then the next morning. Like, uh, you know, we were all pretty quiet the next morning, and we were all just kind of like. You know, yeah, we weren't really talking to each other that much. You know, we were um, just kind of packing up our tents and, you know, just kind of uh, a very somber morning. We were all pretty exhausted and like, all right, let's just go home. We've been through enough. And, um, you know, uh, all of a sudden, like this all-black car, like all, like, you know, like like your stereotypical, like, kind of like government car. Yeah. Men and in stuff.
4: black. Are- Rolls
3: just just – yeah i mean it's 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 it's, it's kind of crazy to even talk about it it seems surreal but this car drives out out to us you know a perfect all you know is uh you know a, a flawless car completely clean driving out through the dust in the desert you know drives out to us and just pulls up and we're all we all just are standing there none of us say anything to each other. i was looking at this car and then out of the car pop out this sweet like old elderly asian couple they were just like a sweet old Asian couple. And they were both dressed in all black, like, like jumpsuits, like jogging outfits, like kind of like, like a velour, <laughs> like jogging outfits. And they had a camera around their of neck course. and they just, they, uh, and we're, we're just looking at her like, you know, okay. Uh, not that there's not, you know, the stereotypical Asian tourist out around, but it was, a, it was a little strange the way it happened. So they walked up and um, and they said, oh, can we? They just asked us if we could, they could take our picture in front of Giant Rock. They're like, hey, we, hey, uh, can we take your picture? You guys are all here in front of the rock. And first, we were thinking they were like wanting to take our picture with our camera because we had like in those days we had a disposable camera. So, you know, uh, you know so that's so we kind of all got together. And I'm actually looking at the picture. I have it right here on my on my table of, of us all standing in front of the rock. Uh, and, um, you know, they, we, so we immediately, like, Oh, Hey, we, we handed them our disposable camera and they looked at a strange, like, Oh, okay. And they were like, Oh, okay. Yeah, we'll take your picture. And they, they backed up and they took our picture with our disposable camera. And then they took our picture with their camera that was around their neck, the woman that had a camera. And then they got back in their car and left. Or no, then they did say, they did say so. Did didn't did you have an interesting night last night? How was your night? And we didn't say a thing. We all looked at each other and I think I, I spoke up and just said, Oh, yep, it was fine. And uh and they were just like, Oh, okay, great. And they just got in their car and drove away. Uneventful, but it, it was extremely weird and surreal we were just like looking at each other like I don't think that was what we <laughs> I don't think that was what it looked like it was supposed to the, be. I the think jumpsuits that was some would type me.
1: Of, those jumpsuits what the jumpsuits? yeah it was just like like a job
3: yeah <laughs> like like black jogging suits matching all black and they just came to take our picture and leave mm. like they didn't go walk around giant rock they didn't go the formations they didn't go like there was no other re- like it just didn't make sense why they, they just came stopped there to there. take
1: photos of you guys
3: yeah, it was just to, just to take a picture of us to get it. And then, then like I said, then they took a picture with our camera and then they left. And, you know, but it, it so felt like, yeah, some type of, uh, you know, I don't know if that was like, you know, holographic or if that was just, you know, shape shifting or something. Mm-hmm. But it was like, you know, how can we approach these people and get their pic, you know, and, and document this in a benev, you know, in some type of. Easygoing way and see what they'll say. I don't know, it was just it like, makes that sense. Was, that was it makes weird... sense, yeah. It was well, such it a weird, the... surreal thing on top of everything. That was really weird, right,
2: right? Like the little cherry on the top,
1: <laughs> on uh, top of know, everything of else.
2: <laughs> yeah, on top of yeah. One of the things that when you were mentioning this too, and I didn't hear this, I didn't know that they were basically. Looking at, uh, you know, that they were highlighting with their black light on the rock, uh, you know, getting back to the earlier things where they're actually seeing certain things that were, you know, and looking for that, symbols and
3: stuff Yeah, symbols and things like
2: that. And, you know, there is a there's a sequence, you know, too. And I don't you know, and, and this is the thought. I don't know whether this is I don't know whether this is your destiny, whether it was an accent. God only knows. But, you know, on that rock, it's, it's, really, it's really strange because it's almost like they were, you know, hitting buttons in that whole thing and, and literally creating a, uh, you know, with all electro, uh, electromagnetic energy and all that stuff, you, you know, the, the rock is this gigantic, you know, conductor. I mean, really. And I was kind of thinking that maybe that they were, uh, whoever they were dialing, <laughs> Yeah. With Open up yeah, a
1: multi-dimensional good, portal, you know. Yeah. Boom. Oh, yeah. the, the yeah, right combination. They were, they, were, they were
3: having, yeah, because they were having like thoughts like Jordan and Sage, like they were thinking that they were hearing little things and you know little voices, nothing distinct. You know, like I said when we were talking about this later, that when they were looking, they kept they were thinking that they were hearing little. You know something when they were looking at these symbols of what they could mean, but nothing coherent. And you know, and then it just kind of yeah, all launched into a whole other experience. But that's what they were kind of on that little, you know, that that idea of like, oh, they're kind of being you know guided where to shine this, you know, uh, their light and stuff like that. And you know, but uh, but so yeah, so you got to uh, call
2: the average the average age was I think what was it mid twenties.
3: Yeah, we were all like, uh, well, yeah, I mean, for the most part, um, uh, I think that, yeah, there was the uh, the one woman who was probably maybe, you know, was the, was the oldest, maybe, you know, in her early 30s. And we were all in our early 20s, basically, like 23, mm-hmm. 22, yeah. 24. And then Shannon's partner, Sage, she was like, probably her early 30s, probably like, you know, and she was the one that, like, yeah, told us to come out here, you know, for that we had gone there many times before and, um, you know, and, and stuff like that. And um, so, yeah, so
2: yeah. Go ahead. ahead. Was there any trance trances or were there was there any prayer or was there anything that you guys had done uh, prior to that to invite
3: well, as uh, you know, as 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 cheesy as it is and like we did, you know, like uh for you know, uh we loved going to the uh the integratron. So we definitely spent, you know, a whole bunch of time at the Integratron but that the day before, you know, and we mm-hmm. did do the whole little like uh you know, we did the sound bath and stuff and you know, we sat there mm-hmm. this time it was like you know, free. And, you know, we had, we had been going there from, you know, early on when the sisters had the place and, and I don't know, they, I, I never went there when it was like, you know, overpriced that I had heard and it cost a lot of money. Like when I was going there, like they were pretty just, they were like, yeah, do you guys want to, like, I've slept in the Integratron and they let us camp out inside the Integratron a few times and, you know, and, you know, so we would always go there. And, uh, but, so we did kind of feel like we were, primed up from the integratron in a lot of ways we spent the whole day there we were playing didgeridoo in there and just like doing our own sound stuff and just playing with the sound in the room and just like getting in the whole energy of like george and reading everything like the little stuff downstairs like we i mean we we always did that every time we went but we really like were. You know, that day we were kind of uh really felt juiced up. You know, it just felt great when we got out to the rock. I'm like, okay, we're going to camp here tonight. We're going to play just, you know, just have fun. And, you know, let's go climb around the rocks. And, you know, we were feeling really good climbing around, seeing like uh I remember even seeing little electric zaps, you know, uh, that my buddy uh Bill, who went we went out with, that like the next week, you know, or so. And then he was seeing like, on that on the fortress of rocks like he was seeing zaps go from one like electrical currents go from like one rock to the other one like jump you know like like,
4: like,
3: yeah yeah i've seen similar yeah and that's uh yeah so that was like uh you know something that was like you know but but so that's really kind of all you know, it might have been a little bit more than before, but, you know, we did usually try to go, you know, get charged up by the Integratron before and just kind of always be in there. You know, that was something that we, you know, had, had always done and um, stuff like that. And people, uh, always, ask me, uh,
2: people always ask me, well, you know, how do I come in contact with, you know, an extraterrestrial? And like, like I have some secret formula or something. Uh, which I don't, incidentally. I, in fact, I've never, I've never personally, at least up to my knowledge, been able to conjure up any of them. They all seem to happen to me. I was on Eminem's uh, radio show uh, with their host on uh, Sirius Radio, and and this one black dude, I think his name uh, Sir Knight or something like that, in New York. He asked me, "Well, you know, how would you do it, and how do I do it?" And I said, "Well." I said, you know, what you do is is you you pray and then you go on one leg and you sing and uh and and then they should come and, and then he goes, uh what, what do you do? What do you do if it doesn't work? I said, Will you switch legs? Yes. <laughs> There's dead air, dead silence. It was a joke. <laughs> <laughs> know, yeah, so anyway, I don't know, but but I my uncle in, in the in the channeling group that used to come and do that's what they used to do. they used to pray and they used to sing songs and clap and do all kinds of stuff you know and yeah. apparently it worked uh, you know. because he was able to uh, gosh I mean all these different entities I have all the tapes of those channeling uh, sessions and it's really weird because you know you, you hear that and then you hear all the weird voices
3: come out of uh george and they're like five yeah, i would so love to like i said like to document that stuff and create like an encyclopedia of that because i remember you know a couple of the. there's only a few of those tapes that are out and he's describing you know what these things look like you know something has eyes like 32 eyes all around it and the names out yeah you know talking about all the different things i'd love to illustrate those in some way and try to kind of organize that to these different, you know, uh, and, and just see how those overlap into, into different things. But, uh, but yeah, it's, uh, it's, that's amazing that there is.
2: Yeah. There's about 12 out. of the tapes and they're cassettes the and, and they I want, to I wanted to I talk to Jack about it. Yeah.
1: They need to, know, to be archived. How they're how they're on, they're on cassette tapes, you know, yeah. they they've they, the cassettes last I, longer than like every, like
2: everything. <laughs> Yeah, in fact, even Jeff and, and I, we we put a lot of the books that my uncle did, they're on the website. And I want to get the tapes also for people to to listen to, also to see what you know if they find any value, you know, in it and what have you. So what we want to do is without getting you know, and, and all this stuff is for free. You know, every you know, everything we're doing, you know, as far as this, we're just trying to, you know, essentially make people aware of you know, what's going on and what, especially what went on and and what is the potential of what's going on out there. And, um, so that's, that's part of the reason, um, to do that. Um, so, so anyway, that's, just, we just want people to to know this stuff because
4: yeah. it's
2: extraordinary. I mean, it's like, um, people just, um, I, I mean, it's just extraordinary. It's, it's still extraordinary to me. And I've been around this stuff most of my life, although I tried to hide from it, big portion of this. Thing. It's just, you know, you, you simply don't want to grow up telling people that you've been abducted by aliens living in Southern California. It just doesn't really, you, you don't get to grow girl- up the day. Yeah,
3: I made the I made the mistake of tonight before I put my daughter to bed. I said, "Oh yeah, I'm, I, I have to make kid get to bed early because I have to go jump on the phone to tell to tell some friends about a, a big uh, spaceship I saw land." She was just like, "Wait what?" <laughs> I was like, oh, "I'll tell you about it tomorrow. I'll tell you about it tomorrow." She was like, "Wait what?" what? She couldn't go to sleep. I, I, I have a question. I, I, have on
1: I have a question, Kevin. Yeah. What, what year was this that this happened? This was 2003. 2003, okay. 17 years ago. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, one
3: of the uh, one of the coolest things that I've told uh, Chad about, like, from, from this experience, that kind of, like, just part of the magic of all this stuff, like, that kind of gets into a whole bunch of other stuff just personally with my life, you know, was I had mentioned my friend Bill, who, uh, who I also had gone out there a bunch of times with. And um this guy, his name's Bill Manspeaker and he's the uh lead singer of a band from back in the eighties and nineties called Green Jello. And, <laughs> I know uh, they those had guys. Songs like three little pigs. Oh yeah, their, I played their I, I played their
1: video on my on my show when they first came out and then <clears throat> and then they had to change their name because of using the word jello. I can't remember what yeah, the, yeah. The, the, that was yeah, they, their whole album it. was a video. Right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They were one, cool. one of that the first cool. bands ever to do a whole video uh, video
2: album.
3: Yeah, before the album. Yeah. The album movie. Movie. <laughs> yeah.
1: That's yeah. cool. Yeah. I, I got I got kicked yeah, right. out of the rhythm room with hanging with those guys and everything. So yeah. they, <laughs> they, they lit they lit up yeah, a joint. So and this is after dot. Uh, what what is his name? the uh, De- River Phoenix died or something like that. Some guy died. They're oh wow! An actor and got kicked out. He got kicked out of lighting up a joint. everything and then uh, i let him back in (laughs) like "Come, come here it's all good anyways so yeah Cool,
3: but so that was no, one of the things as like go ahead. For, for myself as a kid, like that was a huge influence on me too. Like uh, yeah. seeing that Three Little Pigs video, <laughs> and uh, I started immediately sculpting little characters, and it's kind of what launched me into my special effects world of stop motion animation. I've done stuff oh, like cool. that, and sculpting, and and then when I moved out to California and embedded myself in the industry there, like. Lo and behold, like I met this guitar player on the street that was uh came best friends with, and he was like, "Hey, come over to the Green Jello loft over at Sunset and Orange in Hollywood. And it's this huge, big party loft, and all these bands hung out there. Cool. I, you know, and then I met the whole Green Jello people, and and at that point, it was bands like the Deftones and Cypress Hill and Corn and other bands that just hung out at this huge loft in uh, or it's a whole city block of buildings but anyway and then bill the lead singer of green jello he ran this whole thing so i moved into this building and then lived with all these artists and musicians and stuff and and where bill lived where he uh, had his house on hollywood a little bit further down towards western okay. in in the in back of his house is where um Danny Carey the drummer from Tool practiced and that's where all oh, the Tool cool. guys practiced every single day. Maynard, and that was like yeah. and they were actually Maynard's, of, in, yeah, Maynard's were living Maynards living in
1: Jerome and a drummer out in Arizona now yeah. doing yeah. those guys yeah. are cool. Yeah.
3: And uh and that was actually Maynard and Danny the drummer on the Green Jello song Three Little Pigs that's Maynard going not by the air my chinny oh, really? chin, chin and uh, uh, cool. and Danny was yeah, there they, they were original Green Jello members so many uh if you look at the early green jello like pictures it's like the tool guys from tool rage against machine before they were in bands they were all at bill's place jumping around in puppets and they were basically like this guy's screaming at people in his underwear we need to make our own bands and he's making money and doing things so kind of inspired a lot of people but anyway so we would go out to there with bill but uh, and we would go back then to Bill's house and we would go sit back in his spot while Tool. We would listen to Tool practice pretty much every day because when I was actually living there, like you said, Baynard had actually moved out to Arizona to Jerome. He was doing Perfect Circle. This was during a big like lawsuit time with Tool and they weren't really – Doing an album, but they were getting ready for their album, 10,000 Days. But we told them this our giant rock story basically and told them all like what I just explained tonight. And they made a song about it, uh, called Rosetta Stoned on oh, the 10,000 Days giant rock? album. Wow, cool! All right, yeah, yeah, yeah. It doesn't, it doesn't like tag giant rock, but it's like the relative, as soon as the they made song, it, they like. Yeah basically came to Bill and they're like, dude, we just made a song, a whole alien abduction song based on, you know, what I, you know, what, what we experienced out there. So they that whole recorded song at the is a part man. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> that been but yeah. Awesome. So those, those guys have been out there a bunch of times, tools, very connected to giant rock as well, as, awesome. as well as, you know, green jello, like they, Bill goes out I there. I didn't know there was the a connection lot, between
1: and, those two, you know, that's, that's interesting.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Bill, Bill's a huge connector in all of those worlds with a lot of those rock legends, and like and he yeah. was just you know doing a silly punk rock puppet show, <laughs> billing himself as the worst band in the world, Why but not? he had always the best
1: <laughs> artists and musicians all We're around him all the time. it on video too. Fuck you. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of like fu. Yeah, in he the comes out. He comes out too. to my house in
3: Pennsylvania at least a, a few times a year because now he has green jello all over the world he has franchise bands in every city all over the world so he's the only real official member as the singer and then he has band members in every city so every weekend like the philly band will call him up and they'll set up shows in like philadelphia and new york and allentown and then he just flies to the airport with himself and then the band picks him up and they do the whole weekend of shows and then he flies back to hollywood and uh, he does that every he's been doing that every weekend for about 10 years so uh, uh up until just obviously recently but um but yeah he pops all over the world still doing the same same silly songs and but he actually has a a brand new album finally, after about 20 years, like a, a new album coming out probably in a month or two will be the first Green Jello release in a very long time with all these band members. There's over 800 members in his band now of Green Jello members, but it's a pretty interesting, uh, whole thing that kind of, but they're all definitely connected in giant rock and and, and, and all, all that kind of stuff yeah, so that's uh, we will you
2: know, we'll have to get them on you know part of our thing is, is that we want um, to get a lot of uh, a lot of UFO yeah we yeah we want to get some indie guys you know on that, that, that
0: you know. dial instruments versus vertical instruments symbols and hieroglyphics fluorescent tubes with marks on them what does it all mean
3: be average it won't be ordinary it's something savage on a rampage taking you the stage focus your glasses open your eyes there's no disguise on my face and i'm none of these other guys we're back
1: With Kevin Smith II and continuing our story. We were talking about music, but uh, maybe we should go back to any other experiences that you've had that you want to tell us?
2: Well, I I guess the the biggest thing that I was just curious about was, uh, A, did you ever uh, run into Boone out there
3: um I'm trying to think I I think I I think we did like I'm pretty sure that that was the guy that we would run out to uh, in that was kind of uh living out by the Integratron and yeah, I think uh does, like a
2: mobile home out there
3: Yeah yeah I'm pretty sure that we ran to him a couple yeah. times Uh Yeah cuz that, that name definitely sounds familiar and um you know um and, uh, yeah, then, then there was a times that we went out there then again. And, uh, cause, uh, the last time that I was out there, I guess he was no longer there or something like that. From what, from what, uh, that person, uh, which was probably like in it was like 2006 or 2007, uh, that's mm-hmm. what we cause I actually did a, like a, a walk across the country, and I walked from Venice Beach to uh, Manhattan, New York, and yeah, and stopped, uh, yeah, let's
2: back up and talk about that. that and and that, stopped, that stopped, that
3: stopped at crazy. the Integratron on that thing, but yeah, but I did want to talk about too with um yeah like the the weird thing, in, in, you know uh, what what Chad had mentioned right before break as far as like you know how it all broke down then uh, afterwards, you know the the days and weeks after we got back and stuff like that because. That was the unique thing with the story, because there were six of us all, you know, and it wasn't it wasn't just a, a one thing, you know, it was a group of us. And, and it was interesting, because it, like, um, everybody ha- handled it in different ways, you know, uh, and like I said, we actually kind of splintered apart. And what would have been, you know, you'd think maybe an experience that would bring a group closer together, witnessing something like that together, or experiencing something in a weird way you know, kind of broke it all apart. And um, like you were mentioning, Chad, that you got to speak with Shannon, like for, you know, hours about that, even those kind of things. And and I've not, I've not even had to get, you know, that, that amount of time, like there wasn't, um, she didn't really talk other than that night where she was saying those things. Like, that's pretty much like my memory to this day of like, what the the things that she she was saying and those type of things like she didn't talk about it like when we got home she kind of shut down and and wasn't talking about it at all and and her relationship completely dissolved and 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 then uh cuz they were you know they were having conflicts i mean that had to do with that experience and and beyond you know but it you know that like so it was kind of like it really splintered things apart in some ways in other ways, it brought me closer with one of the other people that was was in the group. This other woman, Leanne, me and her kind of like connected over this thing. And then there was just it was just kind of a whole a whole range of things. I I was really the only one that was just like, I guess in a way excited about the experience and wanted to share it. Like I don't think any of the other six had any interest in talking about it or you know sharing it. You know or or like even going back over with our group like hey what was that let's decompress and like we didn't we didn't even have that opportunity to really talk as a group and 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 experience like what was that like i mean we we have talked about it more over the years but you know in that it, it became such a strange splintered thing that and like i said with my friend ash who was like my best friend like he wouldn't talk for years. I, you know, I didn't talk to him and, you know, uh, so I, that right off the bat who I really wanted to talk to, cause you know, I really wanted to get his, you know, he'd also be a, you know, an interesting person to talk to, but, you know, cause he's had other experiences in his life of seeing things and, and different types of energies and stuff that he felt it was building up, you know, to this moment. And, you know, whether he passed it or failed it or was prevented from the experience, I, it's, you know, we'll never know. You know, technically, but you know, he has uh, you know come to peace with it, and I think at this point, you know, he is he is thankful that you know we stopped him from something that could have you know really hurt him or or not. You know, I mean, again, it's it's hard to say, but you know, that was a, an unfortunate thing that we we really didn't have a chance to kind of you know really talk I, you about know, I was, it that
2: much. If I were part of the group, I, I mean, I I mean, I would think. Well, then again, this is always this is this is if I were older, not not when I was younger. not when i when I was younger, it was like I you know I this apartment move. I'd be sitting with my friends at 16 or seventeen, have Uncle George pop on the on the on the television, and people would be passing around the bomb pipe and then saying, "Well, wow, how cool, What a trip. We've got to go out there and all that stuff and i'm I'm just sitting back like you know
1: somebody like you know some outsider say, "Oh, yeah, it's really cool." You think your friend would want to come on and talk about it? Yeah, probably, yeah. Well,
2: if he does, he would bring yeah. because yeah, like I said,
3: yeah. I'd be interested. You know, I'd, I'd be interested to know if he still, you know, how he feels, like if he still feels to this day like he was prevented from having, you know, an experience that he was destined to have and if anything in his life since then has made up for that, you know, because I do, I'm like, that probably was as close of a chance that he or any of you know in our group had to be that close to something so you know unexplainable and something so you know, uh, you know, because I haven't had anything like that happen you know since you know, I've, I've seen other more like little zips and zap in the sky and some other little things, but nothing like that close and that like obvious that okay, this is something that you know, defies all logic and all reason of what we know to be true, you know, and I already knew about a lot of the, like I said, I had already studied and, and was, so I, I kind of was in Rome for, you know, what this experience was, but, you know, still, it's, yeah, I think that'd be, it'd be interesting to see what he has to say about, you know, that and if he's had other experiences and how, how that path led up to him in his, in his world.
2: How many part of the group? You know, when you walked across the United States, how many? Part, was it just you, or were there any other members of the, of the six from the, uh, Giant Rock? Or was it just you that walked across?
3: <clears throat> the other guy, Jordan, who, uh, who who I was explaining, like physically pulled Ash to the ground, and physically, and he was right. the guy who uh, was with the three where Shannon disappeared. He walked across the country. He was one of the one of the four of us that walked across. Me, Jordan, uh, my friend Cam, and another friend, Jono. Oh, there was four uh, that went all the way across. And then we had other friends that. Jumped on for little parts here and there and other parts, people that just joined us in their town and walked for a state or two or came back. And we had about forty people join us all together. But well, there was four
1: of us that walked the whole way across well, what compelled you guys to do this? What, com- what was the com- what was compelling? Just
3: kind of uh we were all working production and, you know, uh it was just a culmination of things. That was in you know, like I said, two thousand six. So we were kind of like uh you know one on one hand, realizing that we didn't need to be in Hollywood anymore that we could make our own movies and we could make our own music and we had all the gear and we didn't really necessarily need to be in that machine anywhere, and we could kind of be wherever we wanted to be and then at and then at the same time as well, you know we're it's funny because we're dealing with the same kind of you know not to get too heavy into what's happening, but the same kind of stuff that I hear people talking about now is the same type of stuff that has been coming up for decades and decades and decades of, you know, of, of things of, of fear and media and all these types of things. So we did kind of also have an edge of wanting to get out there. And because we were being told at that point where martial law was on the, I was, was on the brink and this was going to be our, you know, this was George Bush Jr. going to be our last president. And so we, you know, we wanted to get out there and really kind of, See if that was true and what was going on, and you know it was very
1: scare, fear that tactics was going on. out in the
3: media. Yeah, yeah so well, we they, just kind of went to yeah, get out. The, so the, There the, was a the, bunch the, of different yeah, layers.
2: Yeah, well, the altruistic thing that you guys were doing, which I think is extraordinarily admirable, is you were you are out there and you're you know meeting people and you're helping them wherever you can, and you're doing a lot of altruistic things for people in need. It was kind of this. I don't know the spirit decor, you know, with the with the real people while you're doing it wasn't just you know. Well, I, I I know that you filmed a lot of it, and but uh, but also too along the way you would uh, you know kind of interface with just the you know the regular people out there, and that was really cool. I I, always, I thought wow that's that's really neat.
3: Yeah, we were really trying to set up just a network of artists and musicians, and encourage people and you know from all walks of life. And that's what we were saying. We we're like, hey, we're here now. What, you're a musician, like let's record your music. We have a you have a laptop. Do you have a you know a, a camera? We can film something, make something. You know, we we don't have excuses anymore as artists. We can cool. share it on the internet. You know, we were you know we were kind of like even on that point in like 2005, 2006, just like blown away by like streaming and uh this one station in denver called mania tv that we stopped by and other groups that were like kind of pioneering video streaming and you know and, and stick cam and you stream and just ways that people were setting up channels and sharing information so we were trying to
1: before yeah, to youtube was really in place part. too that was be- youtube was not exactly, even in place yeah. at that point and um yeah, I no, it wasn't. yeah, we were, yeah.
3: right. yeah yeah, so so we, so, so we were kind of like. So briefly,
2: yeah. tell me about was it you was telling me about the or somebody else telling me about the David Icke? Was it was it you that was telling me about the David Icke story?
3: Yeah, I mean, well, yeah, he's another just kind of guy that I've been in contact with over the years. I've met him a bunch of times, interviewed, and then he we actually on our when we were on our walk too, we ended up popping, we ended up just being in the same town that he was in, so we got to hang out and just kick it with him for a bit, and he actually then put. Our, our walking, which was, I mean, it ended up not not being a, a bad thing, but we were kind of a little bit nervous because he put our map of where we were going to be on his website on the David Ike site, and he was like, <laughs> you know, put, you know, help these guys out wherever they go. And uh, so we did have some like interesting characters where you know, we're we would look at each other and we're like, okay, we're not going to say anything to this person because it was just too strange. And then other people that were like. You know, really nice and people out of, you know, they just wanted someone like we were like angels to some people that like just wanted other people to talk to about this complicated information and wanted because we knew, you know, we had, again, studied and read books and were just open to all kinds of things. So we, uh, um, you know, so it was was nice. We had a lot of his people that, you know, and, and other people, you know, that were just like reaching out to us and helping us with meals and places to stay for in exchange for good conversation and inspiring, you know, what's going on. So, um, so yeah, he's someone that I haven't been in contact with him though in probably about 10 years, but back in those, you know, early, late nineties and throughout the two thousands, all the way to 2010, we were, you know, in contact, just, you know, checking each other out every once in a while and things. And, but he had a few, a few, and I also, uh, had a whole had a whole history too with the uh, Ray Like that was another group that we met uh, in Vegas when we were walking through Vegas. I don't know if you know too much about yeah. them, but that's a whole alien re- alien scientific religion and What's that?
1: The there, I haven't uh, heard Rael. of it. <laughs> explain yeah. it a little bit. Just a little bit. He's a he's a guy. Uh, his name is uh, Claude. Uh, uh,
3: Ver Verhune or something like that, and he was a, a rock climber and a race car driver in France. And he basically went. Uh, he was rock climbing one day, uh, and this little uh, spaceship landed, and it was a small humanoid person that came out of the spaceship and just walked over to this guy, and he basically told him, he's like, "Come meet me here for the next three days, and uh, and I want to tell you a story." Uh, and he's like, "Oh, and by the way, bring your Bible." So this guy Claude, he Goes home and gets his Bible and meets this, this like smaller, like five foot tall humanoid guy um, out by this mountain. And he talks to him for three days. And this guy basically takes the whole Bible and like turns it. And it's, and it's actually very, very similar to uh, what George talks about and a lot of uh, his, his kind of like more scientific twist and some of the stuff from what I gather, you know, in explaining like creation and the real Adam and Eve story and the real stories of the different races of man and how people got here and like breaks down this whole thing to this guy, you know, it basically tells him that Adam and Eve were, um, uh, uh, it was all genetic manipulation. And Lucifer was this head scientist that came from this other planet. And these group, this group called the Elohim, which is also in the Bible, those that came from the stars, it's a plural Elohim. And that's what these groups said that they were, and um, basically tells them that uh, they sent Lucifer, who was like the head scientist on their planet, to check out different places he lands on Earth. He was here doing experiments, but he was forbidden to create people. He eventually got it, got bored after making animals and people and then started making people. His home planet found out and they kind of banned him and forced him to live on this this planet then. And then it goes into... Just all kinds of different things, but it's a lot more scientifically based, you know, instead of... uh, A lot of that. There's a
2: lot of similarities between, you know, know, like even the whole...
3: Yeah, Noah's Ark was a a spaceship that had genetic material on it rather than a physical boat in the water with animals on it. Is
1: this this from from the 50s or the 60s? Huh? Is this from the 50s or 60s when this...
3: No... When when his experience happened, right, the, the yeah. start
1: of his whole religious movement. Uh, yes. I'm
3: not exactly sure. I think it was like seventies. Okay. But it's a worldwide wild. Yeah, uh, it, was
1: late, religious it was the late sixties. Oh late sixties. Yeah, 60s. Late 60s. Okay. Yeah, yeah, my, we,
3: uh, yeah. If you and, it's, and it's all full of like uh, the top uh, like we went to this like we walked across and like uh it was in Gene, uh Gene, Nevada, like right before you get to Vegas. And at this uh, hotel, and we just, and I actually had read up on this. I knew about them. I was like, oh shit, the the world convention is here right now. Let's go over and check it out. And they invited us in for the week, and they kind of, again, they just took us in and saw that we were walking across the country. So I think they wanted to kind of ingrain us as much as they could to help spread their message. I don't know. They, but they took care of us and let us, you know. But um, but it was the people that were there from all over the world were the top molecular biologists and geneticists and people, you know, like the one woman, Bridget, uh, Brociere, who claims that they'd be doing human clones. Like she has a company, they have a, cause they have their, a company through this Raelian group where they, they claim to be cloning people and cloning animals and doing all that stuff for, Decades now that they've been saying they've been doing that, but it's it's all over the place of this of this group and all kinds of you know stuff. I mean, it's it's hard to know what's what's what. I haven't really looked too too much into it, but that was an interesting group of people. Yeah, they're, they're,
2: the other group was met. the Urantha group, of which I um, the, you know of the day. In fact, all these books were down in the rock. I mean, there's there's you know when when before they caved the rock in literally, I mean, it was almost like, uh, you know, Sophia's library. I mean, literally every book there was about the, you know, all all the manuscripts and all that stuff, every religion. My uncle was so into that whole thing. Mm. Um, yeah, yeah. So, so yeah. I Yeah. That's uh, something. Yeah. Um, one thing that my uncle used to, do, he used to say this too, and, and uh, he, he would kind of ask me, he goes, well, he says in the Bible, they, they tell you, you, you go up to heaven. He says, so what what's, What does it make this place? I just kind of laughed. If you go up to heaven, then where are we now? You know, it's a period But yeah. I, yeah, yeah I know that, you group, read that all. group
3: would... Yeah, that group would say that they they do these bat. I went to I actually went to one in Los Angeles where they do these baptisms for the Raelians. And you basically there's like a certain time of day when they when that the, their people can kind of be walking around us, like you can't see them but they're there. And you basically do this thing where you agree to have your DNA sent to the mothership, basically because you know they say you basically just die and go into the ground, but if you were you know, accepting the Elohim as your, your people of where you're from, then they will recreate you through genetics, like on their planet, which is what I'm heaven is now. technically like on their planet, you know, and you live basically you live forever on their, their planet. You don't, you know, you never, they, cause they just keep cloning and then he actually has a whole book of when he went to that planet and you know met all these different people and that's a whole crazy movie in itself you
2: know it is. but um, yeah, can not so clone let me, a clone uh, now. Let me also, so you so you landed in uh your current uh
3: place is in Pennsylvania right yeah
2: and and it's called what
3: um yeah i live um it's uh Schuylkill county it's a uh, kind of like a I know you yeah, have like a Native American area of, uh, of of places. The the town is called Tamaqua. and um, Tamaqua, yeah. It, uh, yeah, it's just a little a little mountain town. And uh, yeah, kind of settled down, have a spot out in the woods. And I live back. My whole family is from uh, Pennsylvania and from this area, so I'm I'm kind of back around where all my family is. And, um, yeah, still doing the same kind of things, kind of uh, inspired by my friend Bill, who I was talking about earlier with uh, green jello. I I went and bought a huge, like 20,000 square foot building in my town, like an old building and, uh, three stories. And, uh, it's just now full of artists and musicians and we have a whole bunch of artists have their art studios over there and we have a big music area where we all play music and we have a whole movie camera set up. We do live streams and we're, you know, working ourselves on a podcasting area and we have a huge wood shop, metal shop, computer area where we're working on stuff like augmented reality type of apps and other things, a whole wide variety of things happening. So again, kind of a, from my buddy Bill, just creating a space where artists, musicians, people can kind of, and again, with the walk, thats kind of been my thing of just creating these spaces or missions that, you know, it's just this trading back and forth of inspiration. It's kind of always been my currency as far as of how I survive is, uh, you know, uh, uh, just being in situations where I can be inspired by, you know, the world around me and, and create, whether it's music or painting or film or animation you know, uh, I, I kind of just dabble and jump into all kinds of different things.
1: Such a long journey. So, uh, you know, so <clears throat> a long journey so for growing you. Growing right?
2: up. All
1: right Yeah.
2: Yeah. So, growing up, you know, with this, uh, <clears throat> tell me about some of your family members. Were they of the like mine, or were they uh, traditional, or were they liberal? What? What? How did you become Kevin Smith the second? Yeah, it's hard to. Great yeah, so, to
3: yeah, it's kind of weird because, uh, yeah, like, uh, um, I think, uh, yeah, that my my family and parents and my two brothers and sisters are all very, very traditional and have uh, any of the stuff that you know we've talked about tonight would be, you know, kind of not. I don't really think process too much in any type of a way, you know. But uh, but my parents were always uh, completely supportive of you know, not really understanding as far as like, you know, uh, being an artist or, you know, wanting to be that lifestyle, but we're very, very supportive of anything I've ever wanted to do, whether it be, you know, moving to California to go into special effects. It's just like, sure. If that's what you want to do, we support you, go do it. You know, we're we're very cool with that. And from wanting to walk across country, it's yeah, sure. Yeah. Go for it. You know, or, you know, or it was just always very, uh, supportive and there for me and, and just kind of always had had that at least grounding that I could you know do or accomplish a lot of different things so I I, I had a, a a good experience like that but my my family are um aren't necessarily into the arts you know or, or don't really have any in my extended families or anything like that I and mean, so it's kind of a you know a, a somewhat of a A new path that I'm I'm jumping into, then and kind of gravitating for my family because yeah, my daughter sings and she's and paints and is is definitely artistically inclined. But you know, I didn't necessarily come from that 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 type of
1: family. Can I ask uh, a question? Let me ask a question. Yeah. What was the? The question is, what kind of art do you make? What you know that yourself that you make yourself? What.
3: yeah it 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 def- it kind of changes from time to time you know uh, um but uh, uh some of my my staple stuff that i mean i'm 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 a painter so i'm constantly painting and doing uh things like that um uh lately honestly this last year i've been kind of diving into more music i, I i've been playing music uh, singing and songwriting and that's something that uh, has been my focus lately as far as like creative expression with you know i, I kind of keep books uh little notebooks and i just write you know thoughts and observations and then they kind of come out as either animations or songs or sculptures or paintings and lately i've been doing a lot of music um and then i'm also working on a uh like an animation i'm actually working on a um I think I might have been working on this years ago too. We're talking with Chad, but an alien puppet show that I've been working on kind of like a, um, uh, a live action puppet show that I've sculpted out the characters and I've been making the, uh, the foam casting them in foam and creating a spaceship that uh, is at my arts building. That'll be a uh, kind of a comedy satire uh, uh, show that I'm putting together. So that's another taking up a lot of creative energy. And that's like I said, more of a, satire comedy is that, on, is that on a what's stop motion
1: now. you're doing is a stop motion
3: no that's a that's that's a, a live action thing of uh, like almost like jim henson style oh, yeah fraggle rock you know puppets above holding a
1: puppet hand you know up not, a, above not a, a will vinton thing so <laughs> Play, what's that will vinton claymation the dancing raisins you know with the yeah yeah
3: yeah 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 yeah, but I, I'm actually helping do a, a, a Clay Nation music video, though, with the, with some friends that have a, a studio space at, at at this building that I have is called Wagon Works okay. uh, because it's a, it's from 1871 and it's the earliest thing they built wagons and carriages there. So we, it, the building was was called Wagon Works. So I just keep it's just called Wagon Works. Is
1: there a website? Yeah, uh, but yeah, I'm
3: looking at a stop motion.
1: Huh? Is there a website?
3: Yeah, just um, wagonworks dot is the uh, is the web website wagonworks dot org, and uh, that has a uh, yeah has a lot of the information and kind of uh, talks about guys, the community uh, hub.
2: Yeah, do you accept donations, or is there a uh, special uh, website or place that people could uh, contribute to some of the stuff, or is this all self generated, or how does it work? Yeah
3: yeah right now it's uh yeah just kind of grassroots self-generated and uh, you know we are looking to uh, I think coming up in August maybe uh, we can do a little plug later on with with the listeners but August 1st I think is when we're gonna be having like a, a fundraiser festival uh, out in the streets of our town and doing some live streaming and and uh, you know so we are we are gearing up to do some fundraising for some next steps of the building and things because uh, yeah it's a it's a beast of a building and uh, yeah we've been and upgrading it and it was pretty much just empty with nothing and now it's come a long way and i've been doing grants and signing up with different programs uh to get little bits here and there for certain improvements but uh yeah so it's kind of uh things different things but it's a uh, definitely a grassroots thing kind of put together and funded is it by non-for-profit
1: is it non-for-profit
3: it's not no it's not a, it's not that right now no okay not a 501.
1: Yeah. I
2: was wondering, uh, is there, uh, you know, as far as land, um, one of the things that Jeff and I had talked about um, is to get, actually is to build integratons all over, do, you know, do do yeah. several of them. Yeah. I, and I think that was, it sounds like that would be a great place to put one in, you know, and yeah. to, and to do that. I mean, a lot of these yeah, things. That's, uh, that's
3: definitely something I've always wanted to be involved with too.
2: Yeah. Um it's, it's completely doable. I uh, I mean as far as this. I, I you know, I um uh, there there's all kinds of issues as far as going on. Um I, I actually I have a lot of stuff from back in the day and uh uh you know there's there are things that can be done and designs that can be had that can uh, actually, you know, we can do we could actually do this. I mean, and I actually I think that really what I'd like to do is you know I can think of that as a a, a perhaps even a renewable um uh, uh, you know renewable sustainable community you know surrounding around the integracon which is essentially would be like a a, a community centerpiece where people could you know go and meditate and uh, you know you know full purpose uh, place
4: and, and take take their own sound baths. but it's, yeah. Also, kind of an extension of that, but that's that's also on
2: our uh, that's on our ideal dream list yeah. too. That we'd like to do. I love to have yeah, you other, that you on. Yeah, one other one
3: other guy that I've come across with in in all my research that uh, I uh, is this guy named Eric Dollard. Have you guys ever heard of that guy, Eric Dollard? That,
1: yeah. No, I have
3: Yeah, he's yeah. someone. He's someone that you know. Uh, he he's a pretty uh, amazing. Like uh, his story, he uh, who's pretty much. Brought out of obscurity someone found him kind of homeless in the back of a gas station and uh he, he's an old old man now he's a um, kind of a withered old guy but he was just found by this guy and he starts kind of talking what his you know situation was and he was actually at the integratron when the fbi came and took out all the wires and was there the next day when all the stuff was ripped out but he was there uh you know developing stuff and 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 a part of the set up before it was supposed to actually get, you know, turned on and uh, he's only mentioned it a couple times he does these like super dense lectures on like Tesla and super dense lectures on like how to, you know like just like over the top electricity and and, and fundamental how things work and electromagnetics and uh, and they do like uh, and he's uh, done some uh, the guy who basically found him at a gas station now is like Funding him, he's trying to do. He's out. Uh, he's out in i I'm not really sure where he's out right now, but he's he's re- replicating. I think he's,
2: he's, he's in California. Is that true?
3: I think so, possibly. But they're like, uh, you know, kind of, uh, a his trying 80s. to replicate like, <clears> the <throat> experience. But yeah, he'd be someone to kind of like really try to rope in and talk to about like,
2: yeah, you I know, just had- like the. Yeah, I've already had he seems like stuff.
3: he seems like a rascally old guy, though. He seems like he could be completely yeah. hard to deal with. I don't know. He seems yeah, like a very probably like, in his eighties, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. But he's got some. I, I, I was just watching videos of his just on, in, in leisure. And I heard him mention he, spoke, you know, in one video he speaks like, "Oh, there's a place called the Integratron," and I remember we, you know, we were there. And then when they took, you know, I was like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa! This is a, that's an important thing." If you were there in the the getting ready to fire up phase of the actual I was like that's some serious not and then like I said with his depth of what he knows it'd be interesting to see you know before he passes what you could pull out of him you know as far as you know the you know that you know day before it was raided by the FBI like what state was it in and what exactly you know was going on because I don't he's never talked about it you know I don't think anybody's really asked him about it it was just kind of in you know, in, in, in a, in an older documentary that he put together.
1: Okay. we were at Well, the, there, we there
2: were at was the so many weird it. things going on. I mean, you know, um, they had, they had physicists, they had all kinds of people, uh, very credentialed people working on it at the time. And, uh, one of them, this neurosurgeon, uh, out of Nashville, he had contacted me and he told me about his, his experience with the men in black and his father, who was a, uh, who was a physicist and actually was helping George? They actually—he told me this. He, and, and I mean, I'm—you know—I never had any experience with Men in Black as far as per se. But in the conversation I had with this neurosurgeon guy, it was so riveting. It was incredible. He told me he says, they told his father that they would kill him and him and his wife and his kids and, and this the son. And I think he's he's 70 now. He actually was told, if you don't stop working with uh, George Van Tassel, we're going to come back and kill you, <laughs> kill, kill his father, and his mother, and him. And that was the most bizarre mm-hmm. thing I'd ever heard of because, you know, a lot of new stuff. I mean, I, again, you hear this, but he what, this, this neurosurgeon was who he was. He's a very famous neurosurgeon in Nashville Tennessee
1: we're at huge, the, huge,
2: huge
1: guy, we're, at the, the we're at the top of the hour tell me yeah we're at we're at the top of the hour we're going to take a break all right folks we'll be right back
0: do you believe in flying saucers do you believe in air even though you don't see it it's as obvious as heaven or hell
1: Back from the break here, folks, and uh, Chad was explaining some things, but I had to interrupt him. So, if you want to finish what you were saying, Chad, go ahead.
2: Yeah, I, well, I guess you know. For for instance, I mean, one one of the, I've had more people uh, warn me about you know uh, about various threats on my life for trying to or you know which I have done. I, you know, it's kind of spreading the word about giant rock Integriton, my uncle the the whole the whole you know whole uh, mosaic of, of uh, you know giant rock and uh, and then of course a film that I want to do but I've had a lot of people warn me that are you sure you want to be doing this and and, and, I, and I scratch my head because I think well, you know like that what what <laughs> what am I doing wrong here uh, but I've ran into more people that have had experience these extraordinarily bizarre experiences around, uh, you, you know, the entire especially because, uh, for some reason that structure, which incidentally is, you know, still, still standing, uh, it's use with what they're doing now. God bless everyone. It's kind of a tourist thing, but it actually was a functioning, you know, machine. And, uh, And I think that we need to get back to that part. And I, my hope is that I could run into like like like-minded people that wanted to explore that because um, one in my meditations, it, it was always came back to that it was provisional, that the right spirit and the right people had to be put together to do this, and it can't be this you know gigantic like how everything is all set up for this whole monetary. You know, uh, whatever. But um, So I've been, you know, it's amazing. I've collected a lot of friends along the way. It's my hope that, you know, we can uh, somehow, someday, you know, do these. But I think that if, I think the more we do and the more, um, I guess, the more spiritual and and mechanical and and what have you uh, people that we can get together, we can make something like that happen because not only is it a symbolic structure, it actually is a, it, it, I mean, my uncle telling me it was it's a time machine. That's what he used to say. It was a time machine. That was, you know, even though it was a cell rejuvenation, he looked at it as, a, as an actual precursor to a time machine, which is really intriguing. And I, you know, I know just enough to, to be dangerous. I had, a, I had an ancient alien guy, uh, an engineer, contact me, and he asked me if I could explain it how it worked and and i, I kind of i just I kind of laughed so why would i want to explain this to you <laughs> <It> <laughs> is, I mean, yeah so it's kind
3: of yeah really one funny. one equals f over t you know that's <laughs> the that, that right. mystery, <laughs> mystery you already gave the formula <laughs> of jo-
1: george van tassel the, form- the formula is there, there.
2: <laughs> it's there it's right there yeah yeah,
1: do something
3: with it. Use the but, Google. But I, I, say, I, I can't believe I've never seen that on a shirt. That's 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 some type of shirt that you guys try to. that be cool. I wish you know I've, I've been wanting to make one for myself just to get that out there because it's going to click for someone that just one equals f over t. You know that 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 equation <laughs> cool. that he was given. That but night, when you that, say it, it sounds
1: know. weird. You know when you say it, yeah. it's like what, huh? But. <laughs>
2: So so, so at any rate, so it's, it's kind of that, but yeah. Um, so uh, I, there was one question I, I was going to ask. That, um, it was, um, okay, so at what age did you turn from this conventional, uh, you know, child, young man to this more or less geared towards artists? Was this always something you were, you know, doing or,
3: or is it something that uh, came later? Yeah, I mean uh <clears throat> yeah, it was kinda of always something I was really doing, but I, I think it was honestly like uh, you know, what I had mentioned before. I mean, the introduction of uh MTV and seeing like uh stop motion and seeing videos and music, like uh, where I really kinda wanted to just move into more of a creative, you know, uh, creative direction and just wanted like whatever these people were doing, I wanted to be a part of that team and make things like that. I remember seeing movies like The Dark Crystal. And I mean, it was, it was kind of entertainment that really just, you know, when I watched The Dark Crystal when I was a kid, it wasn't you know, I was like, oh, this is a great story. But I was like, I want to be in those sets and help build those sets. And I want to make those little creatures and I want to make those. So I kind of became obsessed by just, uh, I guess, I guess just watching media. And it made me somehow just want to that's what I want to do for a job. Like I want to be where, where you know, cause I guess it's, I realized that, you know, when people were making this stuff, you know, uh, creatively it kind of, uh, you know, uh, I think that that was kind of the, some of the stuff that really kind of started driving me to be wanting to, you know, have that be, uh, you know, a career type of a thing. And then, you know, like I said, by the time I got out to Los Angeles, it was even a lot different where, you know, um, everything was moving from more physical making stuff, which is what I like to much more computer oriented, generated for special effects and all that kind of stuff, which I then learned and got into that and stuff. But, um but uh, yeah, kind of, uh, you know, but then at the same time, when I was in that Hollywood machine, I was, you know, realizing I was going to be sweeping floors in these old, outdated, you know, old studios, which is what the deal was. But, you know, yeah, I would be 40 years of sweeping floors before I'd be actually asked to get, you know, uh, to draw something or create something. And At that time in the 2000s and early, you know, again, like people were, there was independent movies happening, people making stuff just outside of studios. I was like, oh, this is way better. I would much rather... Do stuff and be able to make things, you know, for for low budget no, stuff. Because you have to the I I
2: I'm one of the, uh, and I'm I'm just a steward. I, I'm not the owner of uh, one of Kevin's absolute masterpiece of crystals. And I mean, it is it is absolutely the most beautiful piece of artwork that I've ever seen. And it, it just it, the energy that's around this thing. I, we have it placed on a. On a, on a pedestal in our home and it's just it's it's unbelievable as far as that and you, you put that together with I think my guess is probably about 100 different crystals or maybe between that amount but you used to make yeah. your artwork you used to actually do all kinds of furniture like lamps and other kind of lighting and what have you uh, you were involved with that for years and um yeah. Are
3: you still doing that? A uh, little bit now, actually. Yeah, I was. I was working for. That was my one of my good friends, and uh, and now he actually has his whole operation inside my building, inside this Wagon Works Art Collective. So now the whole Crystal Studio is in there. So I help him from time to time when he has orders and stuff and, uh, you know, crank out orders of making lamps or lights, or, you know, we have a whole just, he has, you know, just barrels and barrels full of any kind of crystal you could ever imagine to build with and create stuff with. So yeah, I still do that time from time. And now, yeah, his whole studio is now in in the building. So it's nice. I, I, you know, get to be around that every day, but, um, but he, but I don't do it as much as at, during that time I was working there pretty much every day at his other location when he had his own you know big uh, you know a whole shop and stuff like that so but uh yeah
2: so uh so let me ask you something about your community as far as I guess more contemporary uh you know as far as uh, with all of this uh
0: coronavirus
2: and all the other stuff that's going on how's it impacting your your community?
3: Yeah, well, in, in my immediate, I mean, in my art, art community kind of a thing, it, it hasn't really affected us at all because we pretty much just go home into our art studio every day and that's what we're still doing now and we're all still over there making stuff and doing things. So in that regard, it hasn't really uh, affected us too much. You know, we've kind of just been going about our normal business, except for then when we do go to a store or something and have to wear a mask and do, you know, different things, you know, and and our state of Pennsylvania is kind of like a uh, a little bit more of a beast where it's, you know, split down where, you know, people are, you know, want to just reopen, you know, months ago and just deal with it on ourselves and other people want to be protected. So there's a whole big mess of that, you know, happening. But it seems like we're pretty much on the very tail end. We have like color coded, you know, red, yellow and green. And we're about to go green in, in our little county town and probably another few days we've been in the yellow now for a while so we're about to be but then even just like three days ago like a whole bunch of senators and people got together to basically declare what our governor said uh invalid you know as far as shutting down the state so that now it's like this whole group said basically forget the whole color system and we're allowed to open and do whatever we want and we don't have to follow any guidelines anymore. You know, so I, it's kind of up in the air now where it's yeah. a couple of days I, ago. I wouldn't I trust
1: that. I wouldn't that. trust that at all. I wouldn't trust that at all. Yeah. I mean, this, the second wave is yeah. coming back, you know, in the fall. This how yeah, these, these right, things work. Yeah, the, the, being the denial, yeah. the, the, the governor of Pennsylvania being denial is insane. You know, there already well. The governor of Pennsylvania
3: wants to keep everything. Well, the governor wants to keep everything in lockdown, and he has this color-coded slow reopening (laughs) phase. But then the other, you know, the opposing, the opposing to the governor, they just want to erase everything and not have any type of lockdown, no emergency declaration. They just want, they're just like, we just want stuff back to normal. We don't (laughs) care if it's a virus out there. We'll take care of ourselves. We'll, you know, we don't. We don't, we don't buy that. It's anything like, so there's a whole, it's, you know, probably split like that in most places. But yeah, yeah, yeah. But until our, our it affects them
1: thing. until it's, they see it yeah. affects one of their family or someone that they care about. Then the, then they wow, it's real. You know, then what? It's too yeah. late. You know? And I mean, it's yeah. just the, the whole totally, yeah. denial is this reason why it's gone on so long. If everybody was on the same page and just like locked down for a month. Okay. It's like, we brought it down. Then we can go out. You Know in the right way, yeah. it's everything's insane. And not there's this, like, it's insane. I just, yeah, but I have a, I have a, been, I have a yeah, question. We've been
3: following things and staying in our little art compound, and that's pretty much it. Yeah,
1: I have a question. Well, Kevin. you
2: have you're, you're a remote enough area where you know you can pretty much, you don't have uh, you know, you, you don't have people on top of people, so that's a great advantage. Plus, yeah. you have great air. I, I don't know what your water situation is there, but um, you know, I think you have. All the all the uh, all the attributes of, of a very you know wholesome area to to yeah. survive this. Yeah. So you're pretty fortunate. But I was just curious as far as you know how a small community would have to deal with this um, you know thing. Which I'm of the opinion, of course, this is just my opinion. I, I think that we're going to be having to learn how to live with this probably for a long time, and I don't think this is going to go away. I think we're going to be dealing with this thing here. And probably, uh, it's very fortuitous that you and your wife and, and daughter live, live in that world there. Um, you know, versus, versus living in Hollywood.
1: I have a question. <laughs> I have a question. Yeah. Kevin, uh, have sure. you had any experiences since living, you know, in Pennsylvania or... um, a- yeah, nothing, yeah,
3: nothing Sightings really, uh, nothing really notable as far as, like I said, I have, seen a couple little zips through you know strange you know not just a you know like a streaking star or something but strange patterns and stuff of of lights in the sky nothing close though to where i could see anything of you know uh like a formation of lights in the sky with stuff that's you know just kind of zigzag zips that like don't seem like they were you know uh you know stuff i would catch out of the corner of my eye but nothing really um nothing really uh yeah since since then uh that was yeah what about uh
1: your other friends that you know that you've been in contact have they had any do you know
3: um i'm not sure yeah i'm not really sure because yeah i I really only talked to maybe uh i do talk to a few of them but like like yeah like like uh, I can't get it really any information out of uh, you know, so a lot of them won't talk about that subject anymore. Like, it really did a, a scarring effect, and uh, I don't think uh, nothing that I've heard from any of those uh, those guys as far as um, any other instances or, or experiences, other than like I said, I wouldn't doubt that you know, uh, my buddy Ash has had some different uh you know, uh experiences and stuff. Uh like I said, he lives out in London, right? He's lived out in London for the last, you know, probably five years plus. So uh uh and but I know he he's from South Central LA uh grew up in South Central, uh, El Salvadorian guy and he's been, you know, grew up in South Central. He saw a lot of weird stuff in South Central and had some strange experiences in, in the sky out in that way. And yeah now he's you know popped out in London and uh you know so uh He, uh, um, but yeah.
2: Interesting. Interesting. Do you think that because you embraced uh, the the whole experience, uh, you know, that that you had, um, and you essentially, um, just embraced it and literally kind of, uh, integrated it and, you know, within your, you know, in your life, would you say that it's created an improvement or enhanced your viewpoint? To the degree where it would be, uh, oh, I don't know. I guess perhaps noticeable to you. I mean, or or is it just another event, or is it an indelible event that occurred with you?
3: Yeah, I mean, it's, it's definitely a, for for me personally. I, it's a it's a huge event of uh, yeah, lots of different lots of different layers. Because, um, like I said, just these weird things and. In in childhood, that you know was a part of my life. Like even you know, one of my when I was a uh, you know uh, again kind of around when I started listening to or watching videos that were inspiring me. I did also like at the same time, not knowing the connection in the future. And not even knowing, like I said, that Tool was involved with Green Jello and was singing in that band. Like my other favorite band just happened to be Tool. And I would sit with my friends and we would try to write down the lyrics and decipher what this guy was trying to say. And, you know, we would, you know, just... You spend a lot of time, so it was just so surreal when this experience happened that it also then, you know, let itself into them, you know, becoming a song by that band and just like a part of kind of pop culture in a weird way. It was like for some, you know, it, it was it's just hard not just all these layers of things that you know ma- like kind of magically clicked of things that were sure. in, <laughs> in my past. Yeah. yeah, that was in my past. but also like wow, this is you know a trip that this happened. And so it was kind of just like, um uh, you know, definitely a, uh, yeah, I guess a serendipitous part of the journey where I really felt like, you know, being at the right place at the right time during those, you know, years and traveling. And that was something that I did want to like, was another thing that with my buddies with this, that whole walk across the country we did, we did want to also, test that you know being at the right and again like we've met all these interesting people people who we've already read their books and we weren't searching out these you know people like you know whether it's david Icke or the Raylians or other authors or people we just ended up in the space where
1: these people just happened to be and just kind of like hey wow well, you, you, know, you ran into and, them you, know, you so, ran into them on your journey
2: this is the we- wow. that's yeah. the weird part yeah and, and and the reason I asked that question is because I, I seem to get that, that kind of answer that you just gave as far as, you know, that you bump into people that you would have never even thought of bumping into. It just kinda of
3: happens and, and that was yeah. it's almost like somebody's watching you. It's almost like you're
2: living in this uh uh surreal or <laughs> It's real world that basically people are like, okay, I'm gonna have you, Kevin, bump into this guy here so you can get some more information. You can do this, this, and this. It's almost like this is uh, like this. Uh, uh, I don't know some sort of uh, digitized, you know, weird glances that happen. And uh, I mean, I could go, I could do 50 shows on on stuff like that where I've run into people and literally not not look to have not look to have somebody be involved the giant rock or, or my uncle, but literally I'd go all over the world and run into people like that. And I could never understand that. It was almost like I had something written on my forehead, you know, and, and that's the, that's the weird,
0: you know, thing that,
2: that I keep thinking. And I, I hear more and more people that, like, Oh God. And then what, hap- then what happens is they start remembering, you know, too. And, and, and that's a, that's a phenomenon. The more you're involved with this, the more your consciousness goes, you know, if, and especially with Giant Rock, there's there's some sort of clicking thing that um, kind of happens um, to people. And and that's a really, really peculiar uh, thing of this. I, you, know, I'm, I, I, you know, of all walks of life, the other thing is all walks of life. I, for one, had a, a Matt, the guy who actually did the, uh, um, who was the ad guy for uh, North American Toyota, who, who used to get up and listen to the Long John Neville show, specifically to hear my uncle back in the back in the day in the '60s and what have you. So, and when I when I told him I was his nephew, and actually he was sitting on my board of directors of my company, he almost had a heart attack. He goes, I he goes, I don't understand this. How could this be? And I and I go, I don't know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I just go with it. And so you know, and and this prompted you to go across the country. And, 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 and the fearlessness, I mean, that's one thing. I mean, it's like, okay, you know, you split from the, you know, instead of being caught up in the material, you know, world and being fearful of, of losing whatever that is, you basically did this gigantic stretch and say, hey, listen, I'm going to go explore real people and do this. I, I think that without the experiences, I'm not sure uh, that you would have done that. You know, you might have, but I'm not sure that you would if you didn't have this other other view, this broader and, and extremely, you know, bigger view of the cosmos. So it's a huge difference between guessing and knowing. And, and if you saw, if you've seen with your own eyes or had an experience, they're, they're, you're set apart from everybody, you know, as far as that. Yeah. How,
1: how, it, it's a guess. It really is. How long did it you take you to get across the States? How long did uh, a year?
3: We did we did it in one year, like one April first to April first. Basically, we did did it in one year, and uh, we we took our time and zigzagged up and down. We were up in the Badlands of South Dakota and down in Sedona, Arizona, and kind of just zigzagging up and down, kind of wherever the path kind of. You even took went us to Chicago, like, didn't you? You went to Chicago, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, we were. Yeah, we were in Chicago for. Uh, <laughs> did you Did like, you like we Sedona?
1: In Chicago. Did you like Sedona? The vortex there, Sedona.
3: Yeah, that's, yeah that's, actually,
1: vortex, that's actually where, yeah. We met, uh, it's beautiful. David, that's where we met David Eichen. Oh, really? He was there? This other woman, uh, wow, cool.
3: Yeah, he was there with our other friends, this woman, uh, Regina Meredith, who run, who at that point ran this website that I used to just love called the Conscious Media Network. And she just had all these great interviews yeah. from back in the day. And uh, she was there, and we were I actually know the going area to visit well. her. And,
1: yeah, it's, it's, uh-huh? be- it's beautiful. I know the area real well there yeah it's, it's yeah, beautiful down there like well that,
2: you were like living yeah you were living in
1: Arizona for what how many years uh off there and on my like 20 years off and on you know and yeah. Sedona's just you kind know, of Phoenix you know Sedona's is a couple hours away Verde Valley you know Prescott I know yeah. that whole area real well <laughs> but Sedona's something else there's nothing and then Jerome's north of there and then Flagstaff yeah but that whole area is beautiful. And I mean, the like canyon, shade. That was so oh, awesome Isn't that like beautiful? That my God, that's prep. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That whole, yeah, the I whole love, four like, corners. Area. Valley,
3: that was like one of my, like, uh, like that was another tense place. Like, yeah, it's, it's, Arizona's got some of the most reservation.
1: Yeah. That's some experiences there. Jeez. Just that alone. Yeah. Yep. Yeah anyways. But yeah, no, I think
3: I definitely like have felt that and I definitely have felt more like I guess some people would say, you know, whether they're angels or groups or something but I definitely have felt like that confidence and that like in, in things that I've done, like that there is, uh, uh, some type of, uh, you know, possible intergalactic, you know, support and kind of like nudging and help, you know, and, 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 and guidance to a way, you know, so I guess, I guess it's kind of like almost like, uh, you know, I guess, I guess I somewhat have experienced other stuff since then. Like, I guess my life is kind of like that in a way, you know, to kind of be like one long, uh, you know, intergalactic trip you know in a way being connected to different things that you know help enhance your life and as a new filter to be able to look through a new coding to be able to you know uh, um have uh you know like a cheat code almost or something in your dna that you get you know uh, attached to you that gives you a little bit of a you know um whether you realize it or not, just a, a little bit of extra magic to make things happen. You know, it's it's, uh, it's definitely something that I I recognize and I'm grateful. You know, for for and I do think that those those type of experiences and things are a huge part of it. And I can't help but think that those were, you know, serious like lock in you know uh, uh, moments to uh, you know make that step, you know, a little bit more, you know, authentic, you know, of having experiences
2: like that, you know? Sure. I mean, you know, and I don't, I use this metaphor quite often. I mean, as far as, uh you know, I mean, you know, like I kind of look at you as somebody, you know, you know, you have so many varied talents, you know, you can do, you know, literally you can, you know, build a house and you can build this, you can do this, you can do this. And then I think of like, you know, like if, you know, if you have a big, you know, pile of you know, uh, uh, poop in the in front of your, uh, you know, doorstep coming in, you know, you tell everyone that, Oh gee, I, I know I've got a pony in the back. <laughs> <You know>? so, <laughs> I mean, it's just that the kind of, I don't know that kind of, that's, that's magical thing, you know, and it just
1: works. I mean, I, it's like, I don't know. I don't know when was the last time you actually had a, an actual paycheck. I mean, I, 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 I wouldn't even, give, <clears throat> I, I would bet you say it's been a We're long time the, that, you know, that you had to. Yeah. We're in the last 30 so, seconds, everyone. So okay. <laughs> All right, we'll do a plug. it was, it was great. Thank hey, you. do a plug there, uh Kevin. Tell us websites and what to look for.
3: Yeah, uh, I have uh, my website, art website is K two Creates. K two kind of Kevin Smith the second, so my nickname growing up was always K two but K2Creates, if you go there, .com, K2Creates.com, you can find my, my music, my art, links to Wagon Works, to a lot of the program, links to the walk. Everything kind of hubs out from that K2Creates.com website. And you can kind of find a lot of the stuff that I'm into and always looking to collaborate and be a part of whatever's going on. So feel free to hit me up, and, and, and I'm, uh, I'm grateful for the opportunity to
1: share stories. Yeah, well, we want you back and everything. And then uh, remember, everybody, giantrockpodcast.com. Also, we're on all the streaming platforms, everyone, every single one of them now. So there's no way to miss us. Anyways, you all have a good night, and we'll talk soon. They're walking on the earth
0: and driving cars all the time, and we don't realize it.